Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Xander's Facts. Hey everyone, welcome into Xander's Facts. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander, and I know everybody saw this episode and got very upset because it is not a new episode of the Zader's Facts podcast. It is a Zader's Facts flashback. I know, I know, I am just as upset as you because I was planning on doing a new podcast this week and then I started not feeling so well, as you could probably tell because my voice probably sounds a little different. But Zader's a little under the weather this week, so we're doing another Zader's Facts flashback this week. Next week, hopefully, because I'm already starting to feel a little bit better, next week... Episode 77 of the Zader's Facts Podcast. Hopefully, we will get to it. And let me tell you, we had a lot of stuff that we could have talked about this week on the podcast. I mean, there's a major hurricane that's about to hit Florida. That's not good. There was going to be another January 6th committee hearing in Congress, but that was postponed. That was supposed to take place Wednesday of this week. That was postponed because of the hurricane. Then you've got football. The NBA Media Day was on Monday, so that's coming up pretty soon. We're going to have our NBA season preview pretty soon as well, the podcast. But there was a ton of stuff that we could have talked about this week. But we're going to have a good Zader's Facts flashback this week because we're going back to episode 67 from June. As I believe I said on the podcast before, the best performing podcast of the summer was this one. It's the economy, stupid, because I broke down all the facts that you need on gas prices and high inflation, why they're happening, who you should blame. You all know. You might not know, though, because you might not have listened to that podcast. You should. Even if you did listen to the podcast, you should listen to the Zader's Facts flashback, because there are a ton of facts, and you don't want to forget any of them. So that is going to happen in just a second. But before we get to that, I just wanted to remind you all that if you like the Zader's Facts podcast, if you think you're going to like this flashback of the Zader's Facts podcast, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, the Zader's Facts flashback, rate and review the podcast, then go on all your socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, that's Zader's Facts, Zader with a Z, and most importantly, tell all your friends, spread the facts, Zader's Facts podcast, tell all your friends about all the episodes of the Zader's Facts podcast. Check out our newsletter, which comes out every Sunday morning, Xander's Weekend Facts. You can sign up in the link in this episode's description. We put our episodes on YouTube, including, I'm going to get the Xander's Facts flashback on YouTube. Check that out because our YouTube episodes are getting a new look, beginning with this flashback. So they're going to look nice and fancy, and you're going to like it. So check out Xander's Facts on YouTube and the Xander's Facts link tree, which has all the Xander's Facts links that you need. So let's get to this week's Xander's Facts flashback, episode 67 from back in June. It's the economy, stupid, talking about high gas prices and inflation on the Xander's Facts flashback. Xander's Facts. The economy. It's the economy, stupid. James Carville. Specifically, what's going on with gas prices and inflation. Now, these are topics that we have touched on on this podcast before, but I felt like we need to revisit them this week because a lot has changed and people are still thinking stupid stuff. So I had to get the facts out, bring them out, make sure 
you knew the facts. Because I got a lot of facts on this issue. True, true. So let's talk about them. Because as you may have known, if you're in the United States, around the world also, gas prices have soared for many over the past few months. But gas is not the only thing that has increased in price. Basically everything is costing more. And people, as you may have thought, are not happy. You may not be happy. So let's get down to why inflation is happening and why gas prices are up. And because everyone loves someone to blame, y'all are blaming someone and I know who it is, I'm going to give you some people who you can blame. Just wait until I get done with this podcast. That's nice. Plus, we're going to get into what the future could hold for the economy. So let's start off with what's behind the rise in the price of goods. And I do have to mention that I did talk about inflation and gas prices on this podcast, episode 41, if you want to go back and take a look at that. That is from November of last year, so a lot has changed since then. So let's just give a quick look at what has caused inflation once again. There are several explanations, several reasons, but before we do that, let's look at what is going on right now. Let's get into the numbers, because back when we talked about this in November, we found that the Consumer Price Index, the CPI, which measures inflation, jumps in prices, had jumped 6.1% in October of 2021 from one year ago. Well, now that number in May of this year was at 8.6%, which is the highest since December 1981. It's not as high as it did get back then, though, because that number reached as high as 14% in the early 1980s. Yikes! Both those numbers are well above what policymakers' targets are for annual inflation, which is about 2%. That's how much we should be growing each year in the Consumer Price Index. We're growing way too hot, 8.6%. The Consumer Price Index CPI, if you didn't know, comes from the Labor Department, and it calculates the prices of various goods and services to see what change there has been from one year ago to now. So say I'm looking at a car, or the average of cars, and I look at the cars, the prices, the average price from a year ago, then I look at it from today, the Consumer Price Index sees that jump. Let's just say it's 8.6% higher. So there you go. When you take out food and energy prices from the CPI, though, it was up 6% from last month. So when we take a look at the individual sectors of the CPI, food and energy, of course, are leading the charge in the increase. Food costs are up 10.1% over the past year. Energy prices are up 34.6%. Fuel oil is up 106.7%. It has doubled. Shelter costs are up 5.5% over the last 12 months, and shelter costs actually account for nearly a third of the CPI. Another issue have been vehicles, which are in low supply due to supply chain shortages, which we're also dealing with. Used vehicle prices are up 16.1% over the past year. Travel prices are increasing too, which is expected because people are getting out after COVID. They couldn't go anywhere. Now everybody's going everywhere, it seems, which is slow down, people. Flight prices are up 38% over the past year, and hotel prices are up 22%. That's a lot of numbers. And also, when we were looking at this back in November, the average price for a gallon of gas in the U.S. was $3.41. That number is now $4.97, which is actually lower than a week ago when it was at its all-time high, just above $5. 
And this is all happening while wages are not increasing as fast. In fact, on a year-over-year basis, real average hourly earnings were down 3%, which means that buying power has decreased. Your buying power has decreased by 3% on average. So what is causing the rise in prices? Well, there's several things, including coming out of the pandemic can be to blame. And also COVID lockdowns in China, which are still going on, Russia's invasion of Ukraine as well have created supply chain shortages on goods, mainly gas in Russia's case, shortages of truck drivers and spaces in warehouses and ports for goods to come into the country are also causing issues. And manufacturing is not up to pre-pandemic levels, thanks to Chinese lockdowns a lot, scarce goods and shortages of workers and key sectors, prices are rising because of those. Another reason is the money that was pumped into the economy during COVID. I'll just say that. The stimulus checks that were sent out by the government did encourage more spending while supply has not picked up in many areas. Now, I am not saying that there should not have been stimulus checks during COVID because there should have been, because if there weren't, the economy during the early lockdowns of COVID probably would have been much worse if they weren't set out. So that did help. And also, encouraging spending specifically on big purchases has been the low interest rates set by the Federal Reserve, although that is changing now, which we're going to get to in a second. So in short, people are spending big, but supply hasn't picked up to coincide with increased spending. It's simple economics, supply and demand. You all hopefully know how this works. When you have large demand, but small supply, prices go up because you've got a bunch of people clamoring for that small supply. On the contrary, when you have small demand, but large supply, prices go down because you want people to buy your stuff. This is a fact. So that's basically just a recap of what we talked about back on episode 41 in November, but with an updated look for June of 2022. But I didn't really mention gas prices. I did a little bit. But what about gas prices? Because that has been a key sticking point for people. It's the same thing. High demand and low supply. It's not the president, Joe Biden, pushing some button on his desk to make gas prices go higher, even though that is what some people think. Gas prices are rising because the price of oil has been rising for a little bit now. But there are several factors behind this. The main one is that the price of crude oil has risen rapidly. You'll remember that there was actually a point during the pandemic where you could actually get paid to buy a barrel of oil. We should have done that. Not the case anymore. As of Tuesday, the price for a barrel of oil was around $110. And it was about this high in the first half of the previous decade, the 2010s. But it hovered between $50 and $70 in the latter half of the decade. And it's also far from the all-time high, which is $140 back at the height of the recession in 2008. However, the issue is the rapid increase in price in a short amount of time. At this time last year, a barrel of oil was around $73. That can also be equated to the war in Ukraine starting. We're going to talk about that in a second. There's also the fact, on the contrary, that the United States is the world's largest producer of oil and processed petroleum products. But here's the issue. The U.S. sends a lot of that oil 
to other countries like those in Latin America and Europe. The U.S. is a big exporter of oil. But why don't we just use that for ourselves? That's because, as I'm about to tell you, Listen up! Refineries in the U.S. process the types of oil that we do not use. They process other types of oil that is used in other countries. Why? I don't know. But the cost to reconfigure those refineries would be expensive for the poor oil companies who aren't making any money. That's not true. You're a liar! So, the U.S. has to buy most of its oil from other countries and is the second largest importer in the world after China. We also use much more oil than we produce, so even if those refineries were reconfigured, we would still have to import oil. So then, where are we importing oil from? Well, the answer includes many countries that we aren't exactly friends with. Now, actually, the top two sources of petroleum to the U.S. are Canada and Mexico, our neighbors, who were Canada, were friends. Mexico, their president, uh, I don't know. But it gets murky after that. Last year, 2021, Russia accounted for 8% of imports. Saudi Arabia accounted for 5%. And Colombia accounted for 2%. Saudi Arabia is a part of OPEC, but the U.S. also gets oil from other countries in that group, including Iran, Iraq, the UAE, United Arab Emirates, and Venezuela. Now, I wouldn't consider all of those to be friendly with the U.S. Just saying, you know, we've had a couple wars with couple of those countries. Russia's war with Ukraine and subsequent halting of buying oil from Russia by most of the world has had a big impact as well. Oil prices spiked right after Russian oil stopped being bought, which is a good thing because Russia's bad. And Middle Eastern countries like Saudi Arabia and the UAE haven't ramped up production fast enough to offset the losses from Russia. And the Biden administration has been pressuring companies in the U.S. and foreign oil companies to ramp up production, but they're not doing it. Many oil companies don't want to increase production because they fear the price could drop because, you know, we have to make a profit first. Yeah, okay. And foreign countries like those in OPEC, which is, by the way, the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, also have an increased production because they have a shortage of workers because they laid a bunch of people off after COVID and potential fear of lost profits. Oh no, money! The average price of gas is $4.97 per gallon right now, as I said, which is right at the all-time high that was set last week. However, if you adjust for inflation, we still have not reached the levels of 2008, which were well over $5 per gallon adjusted for inflation. And gas in the early 2010s cost about the same when adjusted for inflation. And here's another reminder too, that it is not just the US that is experiencing high gas prices. This is going on all over the world because as of Monday, the average price for a US gallon of gas was five American dollars, 40 cents in Australia, 6.55 in Canada, $7.53 in Germany, $8.66 in the UK, and $10.08 in Finland. So you're like, oh my gosh, how could Sleepy Joe do this? How could Sleepy Joe do that to Finland? I mean, oh my gosh, what do they ever do to him? Disrespectful! So, now that we know why prices are increasing, what is going to happen next? With inflation, we're kind of talking about two things now, inflation and gas prices. But with inflation, the government looks like they have their plan. 
increase interest rates. You've probably noticed because the Fed just raised interest rates by its biggest one-time increase since 1994. Fact! Last Wednesday, the Fed's benchmark interest rate jumped by 0.75%, so that's three quarters of a percent. So now it's at 1.5 to 1.75%. And this is being done in an effort to stop excessive spending, especially on big purchases by consumers. But it could be risky. Just in a second, we'll talk about that. And there's also supply chain shortages, which have also been a major factor in the excessive inflation. And those, hopefully, should ease their way back to normal over time, because China's COVID lockdowns have been a major factor in this, and hopefully, they will ease up in the near future. However, economic analysts are now saying something they weren't just a few months ago, that the U.S. could be headed in the next year, bear with me, for a recession. Oh my gosh, Sander, how could you do this to us? A recession? First off, I didn't make the rules. Second off, yes, hold your horses whinies. Because I know a bunch of you just whined when I said that. Quit your whining. Because while most aspects of the economy are healthy at the moment, like consumer spending and the job market, the sudden increase in interest rates could bring a jolt to the economy that could be harmful. So when we take a look at the stock market, I mean, we're looking at it back in November on the podcast and it was doing pretty well, but it has had a rough 2022 because after Tuesday's close where the Dow actually gained 641 points, the Dow Jones Industrial Average sat at 30,530 points. The issue is that it is down nearly 16% from the beginning of the year and almost 10% from one year ago today. The NASDAQ, which is currently at 11,069 points, nice, is down 29% from the beginning of the year and 21% from a year ago, while the S&P 500, which is currently sitting at 3,764 points, is down 21% this year and almost 11% from a year ago. So the stock market hasn't been at this level since early 2021. A bear market could be in the near future, we'll see, but we also aren't sure where it could go because it could go right back up to record levels. We don't know. We'll see. But there's also the worry of stagflation, which is a term that is being used recently, which you were like, what is stagflation? Well, stagflation could bring a mixture of high inflation and slow economic growth. Economists believe that the unemployment rate is going to increase from where it is right now at 3.6% due to the Fed raising interest rates. Now, if the unemployment rate starts to increase before the rate of inflation goes down, the CPI, that could be the signal for stagflation, which is what happened in the 1970s. But let me just say, because you all freaked out, 1970s were not very good. But economists do not see any potential effect to be the same as what happened then. So hopefully that's true. Now, in regards to oil, production is rising, which we need. And there appears to be short-term relief because gas prices could continue on their downward trend for the next few weeks, but not very much, just, you know, a little bit. And last week, President Biden took a shot at oil companies. He wrote a letter to seven oil refiners that operate in the U.S. Biden noted that back in March, when oil barrel prices were about the same price, about $120, Gas prices were averaging $4.25 per gallon. Now, they're higher than that. Biden blames corporate greed 
for the increase over the last few months, saying that oil companies' profits, quote, are currently at their highest levels ever recorded, unquote. So Biden's actually right about that because ExxonMobil, which is the U.S.'s largest oil company, reported a net profit of 5.5 billion dollars in the past few months. Chevron posted its highest quarterly profit in nearly a decade, and Shell had its highest earnings ever recently. Of course, all these companies are doing is raking it in for their company leaders and their shareholders because you know. Those are the people that we should be caring about the most, not the people who are actually, you know, going to their jobs, paying for gas. No, we need to give the money to the company leaders who are already making billions. That's not a fact. But also, Biden claimed last week that there were over 9,000 oil drilling permits across the U.S. that are going unused at the moment. And PolitiFact rated that claim as mostly true saying that the only issue with it was he did not include the explanation that it takes time for companies to begin drilling. But it is correct that at the end of last year, there were 9,173 approved and available permits to drill oil on federal and Indian lands in the United States. Out of the more than 24 million acres that are under lease to oil and gas companies in this country, close to half are not producing any oil. That's a fact! So basically, his claim was rated mostly true because the government has done all they can do to give oil companies land to drill and didn't mention that the oil companies actually need to do work to get rigs there and other materials to the lands to drill. Like, you see where I'm heading with this? Many oil executives also believe that an oil price crash is coming. In the past eight years, we have had two of those. Two crashes. So it's probably going to happen. The question is when. And that is why production is not being ramped up because it would cost oil companies more and it would potentially decrease profits, especially if there's another oil crash. Oh no, you're not making as much money. That's terrible. That was dumb. There's also the fact that in Biden's first year in office, the US produced an average of 11 million barrels of crude oil per day. That number in Trump's first year was 9 million. Now in 2019, that number was 12.3 million. But forecasts from the U.S. Energy Information Administration have that number reaching 12.4 million next year, which would be an all-time record. So we'll see. And also, you're probably listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, Xander's not talking about the Keystone XL pipeline because Biden got rid of that and that would have been the savior to all our problems, right? Oh, yeah. I don't think so. Well... Sorry to burst your bubble, but the talk that the Keystone XL pipeline would be saving us right now is a pipe dream. See what I did there? The pipeline, which President Biden revoked the permit on for federal lands, would not be complete and would still have a couple years left until completion right now. It was only 8% complete when the permit was pulled last year, so I don't think it'd be ready right now. That pipeline would have increased the flow of crude oil from Canada to the Gulf Coast. Yet, we have places we can drill for oil here in the U.S. Just seems like something to blame Biden for, which doesn't make any sense because it wouldn't have any effect at the moment. We're already getting oil from Canada, including from the original Keystone Pipeline, which follows the exact same path through the U.S., and we still have land, a ton of land, 12 million acres 
to drill for oil in the U.S. And you're talking about, you know, I said earlier that all those companies have refineries that are for foreign oil. Well, if you make a refinery for domestic oil, problem solved. Like, you can do that before you start drilling at a new location. Like, uh, I don't know. And even if it was operational at the moment, the Keystone XL pipeline, it really wouldn't be the end-all, be-all to stopping high gas prices. So people need to, like, get over it and live in the real world because I don't know what you're hearing on Facebook, but I'm just going to assume that your Facebook friends are not a bunch of economists who know what they're talking about. So... I'll leave it at that. Need some ice for that sick burn. But also, there's also recent news that has come out that Biden is considering a gas tax holiday. However, if there is a suspension to the federal gas tax, which is right now 18.4 cents per gallon, it would only save the average person about $50 through the end of the year, that's estimated, and federal tax revenue would drop by about $20 billion. Critics are also arguing that a suspension would also worsen inflation because it would increase demand for gas and it would promote people to go out and spend which you can spend on stuff but just like don't go crazy which people might do because you know and biden is expected to make his decision on that by the end of the week now just for a moment i because you all heard gas tax you're like oh well my state implemented the gas tax or my state was talking about a gas tax i had to talk about virginia my home state because Governor Glenjamin is arguing for a state gas tax holiday for three months. But it was found that the savings of that would likely be minimal for consumers, and all that would happen is the revenue for the Department of Transportation, where the gas tax revenue goes, would drop, and then VDOT wouldn't have as much money for road repairs. So then our roads would be janked up. So then there'd be a bunch of potholes everywhere. And then if you hit a pothole... That's a lot more money to repair your car than you're going to get in savings from this gas tax holiday. Like, it's the truth. Jeez Louise. Of course, this is the same man who is now forcing all state workers to work in office four days a week. But as I just told you, supply and demand. Why are you increasing demand when you want to lower the price when you have low supply? Oh my gosh, that boy. Of course, just to wrap this up, I'm always going to come into a conversation about oil and mention that there are alternatives because we talked about it on this podcast. Episode 42, in fact, just right next to episode 41, if you want to listen to that. Ramping up production on wind, solar, hydro, and other renewable energy sources has got to be a priority for the U.S. and others around the world. And Biden has prioritized that, which is why a bunch of people are getting angry. Oh, you're taking away my oil, my coal. Well, oil and coal are not going to be around forever. We're going to run out of them someday. We've basically run out of coal in Appalachia, and now it's one of the poorest regions in the country. You see what happens. We better be ready when we do, because we have a test case of this. Coal is gone in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Kentucky, West Virginia coal country it's gone and those places are deserted they are poor it is horrible we know what happens when you are not ready when a fossil fuel runs out so now we gotta prepare because we don't want the whole country looking like that that rough times no no not so in conclusion let me just remind everyone of something that i said back in november on episode 41 because you're thinking inflation inflation's terrible Inflation is not a bad thing. When you don't have inflation, you either have two things, stagnation 
or deflation. And those are really bad for the economy because stagnation means the economy is not growing. Deflation means it is shrinking, which you don't want it to shrink. Now, the level of inflation we're experiencing is cause for concern because over the last 40 years or so, inflation has increased around 2% each year on average, which indicates a healthy economy. And that's what they're going for. What the goal is, is to have inflation increase at a slow and steady rate along with a similar increase in wages so that consumers don't feel the increase that much. Of course, inflation of 6 to 8% is not good, especially when wages are not rising by a similar amount. So inflation, not bad. This inflation, big inflation, yeah, kind of bad when you don't have wages rising. So if you actually look at the facts, and I just spewed a ton of facts on this podcast. These are facts. You will see that no matter who the president was, this level of inflation was going to happen, no matter if Biden or Trump won in 2020. Stimulus was pumped into the economy before the 2020 election, with some after as well. And I will say, that's fine. And any interference by the president in the private sector would, of course, be labeled as socialism. Oh, no. But what the stock market does, along with the unemployment rate in the near future, is going to determine whether we can get out of this without a recession or if we're going to fall into one. We'll see. And the CPI index for June, which is going to come out in early July, is also going to be interesting to see if inflation continues to rage or if it cools down. So finally, let's talk about gas prices, because I just don't understand why we are blaming Joe Biden for gas prices when I literally just told you why gas prices are the way that they are. Stop being lazy. Stop being stupid. Chill out. And also, let me just say, if Trump was the president and he did the same things that Biden was doing, I'd say that too, even though I don't like him. But I, I cannot see anything that he's doing that's hurting. You say Keystone Exxon Pipeline. I just said no with facts. Like you want someone to blame. Here's someone to blame. Maybe the leaders of the oil companies you should blame because the oil companies are, in fact, it is a fact, bringing in record profits as prices rise for consumers, especially when the Biden administration has given millions of acres of land to oil companies only for them not to drill. Like they're not drilling. They have the land. The government has done what it needs to do, but the companies won't drill because they're prioritizing profits. Next time you go to the pump, maybe don't stick a little stupid Biden, I did that sticker on the pump. How about you stick a little Exxon, I did that sticker or a Shell sticker on there? Actually, don't actually do that because that's the facing private property and it's legal and don't be stupid, moron. America! And yes, electric vehicles are a great solution, but they are hard to come by right now. I know that. And they are expensive right now. And also Tesla apparently is out of the picture now because Elon Musk is adult. But maybe don't blame those who are pushing solutions like wind, solar, and electric so that we can actually get off oil because we are going to run out of oil. The world is going to run out of oil at some point. So like, we have other options. Maybe we should start using those other options. Now, you all are thinking, oh my gosh, this man just loves Joe Biden so much. I am not being a simp for Joe Biden. Please. Because if he was actually doing something to raise oil and gas prices, I would call him out. Just like I said, if Trump was doing the same things that Biden's doing, I wouldn't call him out because I wouldn't see anything that he's doing. I'd call him out for other stuff. Like, he's got a bunch of other problems. But this... 
I don't, I don't see anywhere that he is hurting right now. So where would I call him out? Because I actually learned the facts and I'm like, oh, well, there you go. Theoretically, I mean, theoretically, he could do more to get oil companies to drill more, but then that would be interfering in private companies and then everyone would scream socialism. So like you kind of have to pick your poison. So that's what I got. So there you go. Now you've got some people to blame, so go blame for our global economic woes. This is going on across the world. Inflation and gas price increases are going on around the world. It's a global problem. So you've got some people to blame, and you've got some facts to back you up. There you go. Sanders facts. Sanders facts. So there you have it. That is this week's Sanders facts flashback. Thank you all for listening, and remember, if you like the Zaders Facts podcast, if you liked this flashback, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, the Zaders Facts flashback, rate and review the podcast, go on all your socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, that's Zader with a Z, check out Zaders Facts on YouTube, check out Zaders Weekend Facts, our newsletter, which you can sign up in this episode's description, there's the link, and the Zaders Facts link tree has all the links that you need, and most importantly, tell all your friends about the facts, spread the facts, Zaders Facts podcast so that's this week's Xander's facts flashback thank you all for listening hopefully hopefully we will be back with episode 77 a brand new Xander's facts podcast next week it is going to be full of facts so tune in next week and also next week i've got a very big announcement major announcement about Xander's facts the biggest probably the biggest announcement in the history of Xander's facts that is coming next week so make sure to tune in to episode 77 of the Xander's Facts podcast so that is it that is a wrap with the Xander's Facts flashback thank you all for listening and we'll see y'all with episode 77 next week Why would you do this to me?